Welcome to episode 21 of the Pencast, but it's a special episode. It's not just episode 21 of the Pencast. It's also episode 99 of Pens and Stuff. I am joined yeah. by the great people of Pens and Stuff, Jim, Andrew, and Abby. How are Hello. you guys doing? We're doing oh, great. We're very, very antsy for hockey to be back. At oh my goodness. I, I don't know yes. about you guys. But. Absolutely. Very much so. It's it, it, we have... crawl. Go ahead. We are. But fortunately, we have football. No, you're good. Fortunately, we have football and college football, you know, college football this weekend, football next weekend, and then hockey will get in. And then basketball kind of starts. But if you're just a hockey fan, we're we're miserable time of year. Miserable. Oh, it's it's the dog days. It's definitely the dog days. Although we have been getting some stuff recently, some little tidbits and stuff, some extensions, some a little bit of movements, some PTOs, which I'm going to talk, we're going to get into for the Penguins at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to start this episode Penguin related, and then we're going to go more broadly into the NHL. Um, But let's just get into this this Penguin stuff, guys. Huge. Huge offseason for the Penguins. Uh, when I did ran the numbers, it was, I think, almost half of the lineup has, you know, changed hands here. Wow. Uh, the, the big one is obviously Eric Carlson, but mm-hmm. free agency. Yes. Ryan Graves, uh, we traded for Riley Smith. Uh, free agency, Lars Eller, Nolachari, Matt Nieto, Andreas Janssen, Alex Nedeljkovic. And out are a lot of players who were had tumultuous times with the Penguins. Jeff Petrie, mm-hmm. Brian Dumoulin, Jason Zucker, Ryan Paling, Josh Archibald, Danton Heinen, and Casey DeSmith as well. I just want to go over with you guys what the transactions, how we feel about the new and improved roster, how do we think it's going to translate onto the ice. But let's start with the biggest one. Eric Carlson, that was a huge trade, probably the biggest trade in Penguins history. And obviously going out the other other side of that was Petrie, uh, as well as uh, Grandland. Uh, who yes. else was in that deal? It's so many people. DeSmith was in that DeSmith, one, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, um, I think that was everyone from the Penguins. Because my Hoffman and Rem Pitlick were part of it, but from Montreal and San yeah. Jose. Did they send any players? I don't remember. But. I don't remember. Uh, Dylan Hamaluke was a like an AHL oh, guy right, that yeah. got from there, but I mean that's you yeah. know uh, not the He's key point the of the bit. trade. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, I'd I'd love to get your opinions on that, guys. How you feel like he's going to positively impact this team? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the trade, but let, let's go do a roundtable here. How do you guys feel about it? I mean, personally, I'm, I'm oh, very. Go ahead, Abby. I'm sorry. No, you, I'm very. No, you no. I'm very excited about it. Pittsburgh's defense has been something that's been very frustrating the past few years because it's been so like inconsistent which I I anyways but I think a lot of those problems in also not only acquiring Carlson but also shedding Petrie and Dumoulin is also like our defense is going to benefit so much more from that I see like Carlson coming in and being like a very a very important part of like offensive scoring. Like we had that in like Petrie was a pretty good offensive defenseman and obviously the Tang, but I think Carlson is going to add a lot more to that defensive scoring depth, which was part of the reason that we won two cups in, in the, the 2010. So I, anyways, I'm really excited. I, the only qualm that I have that I keep bringing up because it makes me so nervous is that Sullivan is going to play Carlson and Latang on the same pair, which I can only see going poorly, but that's just me. 
So that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Abby on that vein as far as playing them together. Um, we talked in our last episode about the fact that if we can somehow because uh, because you don't want you don't want Latang's minutes to go down, you don't want Carlson's minutes to go down. If you play them together, uh, their combined plus minus last year was like a minus fifty six or something like that. Uh, it was pretty horrible. And again, Carlson's playing on the on the Sharks, so okay. But still, even Latang's plus minus was pretty bad. Um, so I I that to me because they're so offensive minded their their discipline on the back end uh sometimes leads to odd man rushes uh up for the other team and and it's it's not a not a good look um so if if there's a if there's a way to play them together and that doesn't happen then I'm for it. And I think the first half of the year, maybe, or the first quarter of the year, play them together, see what happens, see if they, see if they help each other out, uh, see if they can figure it out and, and be that amazing one, two uh, first pairing that will score 35, 40 goals uh, up on the year. That would be awesome if that happens, but if it doesn't, then put, Put uh, Carlson on one line with with somebody else. Pair him with somebody else. Pair the Tang with somebody else, and then run D one, D two, D one, D two, D three, D one, D two, D one, D two, D three. I don't know if that's that's something that uh, is doable. Uh, I don't know if the other guys on those pairings would would be um, able to to put, log those kind of minutes. Um, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting for me to see, or, or maybe, maybe you go D one, D two, D three, and then put Carlson and Latang together for a, for a pair for a shift. I don't know, but, um, I like the Eric Carlson trade. I do like the fact that, um, you know, for me, it's always been about the D this team can score, um, bringing in another scoring defenseman, that's great, especially when he's the caliber of Eric Carlson. That's awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Is that fair? Oh yeah. Um, because I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's, it's going to work. I hope it works out. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it's going to. So, um, we'll see. Yeah. What's for me? You, I, yeah, for me, I, I, I love the trade. I was, a proponent of bringing him in when it was just rumors, you know, like I think uh, you just add, you had so much like veteran presence on the backside who has been there and done that. He almost made a Stanley cup when with the Ottawa senators as the mm -hmm. captain and now bringing in that caliber of leadership on the defensive end to, you know, cause Chris Tang has been there for forever, but Chris Tang doesn't seem like the guy who will bark at his teammates. The only guy on the team who has any cachet to do that is Gino. I don't think Sid will really do it. I don't think Latang will really do it. Gino will from time to time, I think, but I think Carlson's that kind of guy who'll be like, hey, we're playing like crap. Let's get our heads out of our butts and start doing it. I don't know. That's me. And I think that's good for this team. Now, Abby was talking about running, or no, Jim was talking about running Chris Latang and uh Eric Carlson together for a little bit. And then if it doesn't work, switch it up. My only thing with that is if we start that way, Sullivan might 
be too stubborn to switch it up and we're just screwed for the rest of the season. He's True. done that uh, with Zucker running him third line minutes for a while, which was ridiculous. And with uh, Ricard Raquel switching in between the first and second line all the time because he doesn't, I don't know. So my worry with that would be Sullivan getting too full of himself and not switching it up when the chain needs to have change needs to happen. So that's, I'm excited. I, I think, and people keep sleeping on us. So let them like, True. you know, we're going to, we're going to surprise a lot of people, I think this year. So. Yeah. And, and more than I think just the acquisition of Carlson, I think it was the thing that really set this trade over the top for me was all the dead weight that was sent out in order to get Eric Carlson. What are the odds that you acquire a elite double digit salary cap player and gain uh, cap space in the meantime? Like that is just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. And not just like, you know, 90 K or 900 K it was like 3.1 million. Yeah. It was cap space. It, it is, was a good is Kyle Dubas a wizard? Did, did he study at Hogwarts? What, what's, what's up? And people were saying like <laughs> they're gonna have to buy like Grandland out or Petrie out. Yeah. They're gonna have to buy someone out. And I remember Dubas saying when he came in, he's like, I don't like buying people out. I like to just send them off. Like, With that I smug don't like smile. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, he did it, so I'm not gonna complain. But yeah. yeah. I, I was so confident when the offseason started. I, I, I wrote an article. I, I did an internship with a website. I was writing an article about the order of business for Kyle Dubas' offseason. And number one was buy out Mikhail Granlund. And it's crazy that in one failed swoop in this trade, he got he undid all of the bad Ron Hextall deals. It was mm-hmm. the Granlund trade. That's true. It, the Ruta signing, the Petrie trade, all of that all in one failed swoop. And you bring in the reigning Norris Trophy winner who got the first triple-digit point season for a defenseman in three decades. Like, when you yeah. put it like that, it's it's so hard to see this not as just a win, but like a, a massive W. And, like, it, it gets me excited for the season. It makes me... And, in Pittsburgh, there's such a breath of fresh air now since this trade. I think Dubis' hiring did that, where people were mm-hmm. excited mm-hmm. for you know Penguins hockey now. But now that we've seen the past mm-hmm. three months of what he's been able to do, people are so excited for the Penguins this season. Last year, it was so stale. But now we're going in yeah. like, we, like we just got Connor Bedard, and we didn't. We have a team that has two years <laughs> left yeah. to do something. Yeah. Yes. But now yeah. we're, we just have like all this piss and vinegar and it's it's exciting <laughs> times in, in penguins land no yeah, doubt true. no for sure but one, think, one more I thing think... oh so go ahead sorry continue go ahead no uh, i was gonna go say ahead. um for the one concern that you guys had uh, about them playing together i'm not too concerned about that because over sullivan's time he's he's pretty like consistently stuck to the left and right on the pairings yeah. mm-hmm. so i don't see him being like willing to go with a carlson latang pairing especially off the bat just because they're both righties i think on the power play the plan my plan would be to move latang up uh, up front on the left side so he's on his off wing and then like eric carlson quarterback it but i don't see them getting any five on five time together i think Pedersen last year proved he can be yeah. a the, the defensive stalwart and like make up for offensive defenseman's faults. So I think Pedersen is going to pair really well with Eric Carlson. And I think the signing of Ryan Graves is Brian Dumoulin's direct replacement. I think he's going to pair perfectly with uh, Chris Letang. And I think the top four that we have right now, you guys can comment on this. I think it's the best top four the Penguins have had in the Crosby-Mulkin era. Agreed. 
I, I, I 100% agree. I think it's probably the best uh, top four D guys we've had since probably the early 90s. Yeah, I, I would say uh, since Larry Murphy and Alf Samuelson were that first pairing. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I, I think I think it's it's going to be fun to watch and to see what happens. Um, and I just I yeah it the the def, the defensive core of the of the team had I think to your point um, Lucas was very much stale and this shakeup with a lot of the lot of the you know beloved defensemen who like Dumoulin and um and Petrie I mean he was Petrie's only there for a year but people liked Deep Petrie uh I liked Petrie um I loved Petrie but uh <laughs> that's because you're a Detroit Tiger fan but anyway um <laughs> but to, to have those guys walk and to bring in this guy the Eric Carlson I I, I we were deep defensively last year would you agree with that i i think when healthy it was a defensive uh it was the yes. deep defensive team but there was i don't think there is a point where all of the top six were ever healthy that's true that, that's, that's a good true. point that's a good point um and again praying that they stay healthy this year um yeah. otherwise this trade doesn't do anything right <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a little rough if that if that's the case yeah yeah um but uh, you know, while we're talking about defense, um, let's just. There's one other thing I want to talk about with the defense. Like we said, top four, I'm very confident in the bottom pair. For the first time, we saw yeah. uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph play a full season. He was pretty uh, average, I'd say at, at times. I think he was very mediocre. Uh, sometimes he got caught in pinches and mm-hmm. he didn't look really good. Uh, he spent because of injuries. He spent a lot of time with Latang, and that's a tough position to be put in for a rookie defenseman but the right side of that defense of the bottom pair is very interesting to me because uh the the go-to guy was yan ruda he's gone he's in san jose now they just signed mark pissick to a pto ty smith is a guy who they traded john marino for last season and he hasn't proven anything at the nhl level for the penguins quite yet and they still have chad rubito so mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the, the question I'm going here for is, but how, how are confident are you guys with that other bottom pair? I don't think they're going to get a ton of minutes, but I'm just very curious of like who's going to go, like who's going to pair with Joseph and how that's going to work out. You for said me, about, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Abby. Go, Andrew. No, we'll just stick with the same order. Stick with the same order. It's fine. Okay. Go. Okay. You said about Ty Smith not getting a chance to prove himself. I feel like Ty, Ty Smith didn't get a chance to prove himself. I feel like they didn't play him as much as they could have, especially with injuries for whatever reason. They, I mean, I'm not big on Joseph. I don't love how how much he got to play last year. And sure, there were times where he was great, but there were a lot of times where he screwed up. And I'm like, why is he playing on the top pair right now? I don't know. But um, for me, I was very frustrated that Ty Smith didn't get a chance to prove himself because he's like when he was on the Devils, he was like, he was a good third pair guy. Like, I don't know, like to me in my brain, it didn't make sense why he didn't get the nod to, to, to play on the third pair. But um, so for me, I'm really hoping that Sully chooses to put Ty Smith on that, on that third pair. But I don't know. That's just me. I, I, I'm really high on, on Ty Smith, but that's just. The the reason, the reason he didn't get a chance to prove himself was because he was on a two-way deal last year. A PO Joseph was on a one-way 
and you don't want to send P.O. Joseph down someone you could get, you know, a, a draft right. pick in return or prospect in return for and have him be claimed off waivers. That was That's the fair. big thing. So it made sense for Joe, uh, Smith to keep getting sent down. I agree with you. I want Smith to get a chance on that bottom pairing. Maybe, yeah, no, that's crazy. You're not, you're not putting. I was gonna say maybe even second line, but you're not putting Graves or Pedersen on the third line when you're running the top two pairings. Well, I mean, if someone gets time. injured, then maybe Ty oh. Smith gets bumped up. But yes. yeah, you're not putting Graves well, or Pedersen on yeah. the. But third another pair. guy that uh, uh, you didn't talk about, Lucas, was Mark Friedman, who is, I believe, still with the team. And who, yeah, he is, yeah. And I think you run a Smith Friedman bottom pair. I don't know. I think that would be pretty fun. I I don't know. I'm a big Friedman guy. I think this team does need a bit more grit. Um, and the guys they brought in, not many of them are gritty. And Mark Friedman, Friedman is a guy. Friedman who will, is not on the current roster. Is he? Well, he's on cap friendly. No, he's I think in, he's, he's I think he's AHL. in the AHL right now. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's not on right he's not on the Penguins roster right now. He he's might not be on the Penguins, on, but he's he's no, in the he's, a, he's in the AHL right now. Okay. Yeah. I kind but, of forgot he existed so I, though. I which would, makes yeah, me feel sad. I would I would like to see him get some chances in the NHL as well. But yeah. Jim, how do you feel about that bottom pair? Don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I have no idea. Um, you know, Graves, Pedersen, uh, Letang, and Carlson, those are your top four. So, I mean, put the rest of these guys in a in a Yahtzee cup and, and roll it on the table and see what happens. I mean, um, I agree. P.O. Joseph needs to, needs to prove a little more before I, I really trust him consistently. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Ty Smith get a, get a little bit more of a chance. I'd like to, I mean, I, I still think, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, some of these guys like Chad is how old is Chad? He's 33 this year. Yeah. Um, that's Chad's just there for a good time. Exactly. I, well, and, and Chad, you know, where the heck is Chad? Um, he's, he's. <laughs> That's an inside joke for for our podcast yeah, there, but, Lucas. Sorry, um, but no, I I think I think Chad gives you, you know, the the wisdom of age. But again, is he going to hold up for, you know, eighty two games? I don't know. Um, you yeah, got he's a, he's a solid seventh D man, is Chad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's his yeah. role. He knows what his role that's, is. He's, he stays there. Yeah, and that's something that we never really talk about. Like to have a guy like that who's willing to keep re-signing for league minimum to just play 7th D for your team is a is a luxury that a lot of people don't have. Like, mm-hmm. he's consistent in his time, you know, maybe 30 yeah. games. Last year he played quite a few games. But he's well, not yeah, going to play a full really 82, good. but he knows his role and he knows, you know, this is who I am and this is what the team needs me to be and I'll do it. And I think that's, I don't know, just giving him some dues because he needs he needs, you know, Right, and when and having a guy that. like Chad with who's solid in that seventh spot, right, and to know that if if one of your guys goes down, he's going to move up to to play, it gives you a little bit more confidence in in uh, you know 
what might happen. And then if, if Ty Smith or P.O. Joseph aren't performing, then, you know, you bring them up. So we'll see. I, I it, again, it, I wish I could see the future and, and tell you, Hey, everything's going to be cool. And, and, you know, Ty Smith's going to get his chance and P.O. Joseph's going to be better. Um, but you know, you, you, you go off what you've, what you've seen in the past, what you saw last year, and then you just say, okay, let's hope they make that, you know, that next step. Um, yeah. So I guess that's, that's where I am on that whole bottom pair. Yeah. And ideally I I've been team Smith cause I think I do want him to get a chance, but, uh, I, and underratedly, I think the, the PTO signing of Mark Pissick is it's, it's, it's enlightened me because his analytics, his defensive play is really, really good actually. And I don't think he's been given a proper opportunity. He's had some injuries over uh, past few years too, as well. So I think that's an interesting option. I'm interested to see how that'll play out in training camp. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for Week 1. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app and see what you get. Download now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. We've beat the defense to death so let's move up to the offense here <laughs> um top six is pretty much the same other than you sub in riley smith uh in for jason zucker bottom six looks <laughs> nearly completely different um so riley smith in for zucker those depth guys not exactly sure how they're going to deploy them because to me they all kind of seem like really good fourth liners but I don't really see many good, great options for the third line that were added uh, this offseason. So Lars Eller was one of the signings, like I mentioned, as well as Nolachari, Matt Nieto, Andreas Janssen. Um, how do you guys feel about overall the uh, subtractions and the additions that were made on offense? I was a little bit annoyed, just a little bit, because for me... I mean, we needed, with getting Carlson whatever, we needed guys who didn't have big contracts, which I understand. But we let, like, guys like Palin go, and I feel like we just signed a bunch of older guys, which was a little frustrating to me because one of the things that we kept talking about last year, at least our podcast did, was how we need a third or fourth line that has energy and that can be, like, consistently bringing, like, that – grit and that 
fire to the game every night, even for like however long they're on the ice, like seven minutes a night or whatever. But like with the guys that Dubas signed, I don't see that happening, which was frustrating to me. But I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I'm excited about the fact that Jeff Carter is probably not going to be playing on the third line. Definitely not on the third line, hopefully. And I saw several projected that he will play fourth line wing, which I would be super here for. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, like, I'm interested to see how it plays out, but I'm not hopeful because I just feel like we got older. But I do trust Dubas, so I'm sure he knows what he's doing, but I don't know. It just annoyed me a little bit. I'm like, what are we trying to do here? But that might just be me. Yeah. Um, I really like, I don't know. I like the the bring in a bunch of guys. Let's see how they work together and we can swap the lines however we need to. Like, because obviously that was bottom six guys last year. Did next to nothing offensively in my eyes. Like Jeff Carter, like Abby said, will be playing fourth line minutes. We can hope and pray. Uh, I love the signing of Lars Eller. I really think, uh, I think he's going to be, you know, Teddy Bluger's replacement, I suppose, you know, on that third line, just a solid centerman who can, you know, play a two-way game. But then I really hope guys like O'Connor and Nylander get the chance to start and play some, you know, with the, with Jake Gensel out, there's an opening on Malkin's left side. Because obviously Rust will, be, or Rust will be on the top line. Hopefully Smith will be on that top line right now. And then you'll have uh, you'll have uh, oh oh no Raquel will be on the top line that's who I'm missing. Then Russ will be on that second line with Malkin, and then there's that opening for either O'Connor or Nylander to you know get a step in and just like kind of slide their way in and hopefully play into a starting line uh, starting lineup position. And yeah, in that bottom six, you know you just you start them however, and they'll you know hopefully find their way into it. You know, 10 games in, we'll have a solidified lineup if injuries will stay away this year. Big if. But, that's the whole. Yeah, big if. But that's those are my thoughts. Like, I don't know. I I haven't watched much, much of Matt Nieto. I know he has a great uh, story behind his uh, jersey number. Uh, that's all I know. Nolachari <laughs> has been around the league a while. And I've – Never heard of Rem Pitlick until uh, we got him in the trade. So I was like, okay, you know. You've never that's heard cool. of Rem Pitlick? No, never. He's a but, legend. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited to have uh, these guys on the squad. You know, like it'll be fun to see new faces, and I don't know. I'm hopeful for this season. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring everybody down to earth here and remind everyone that last year we missed the playoffs. Okay, remember that. And the reason we missed the playoffs was because we did not beat the teams that we need to beat. This forward lineup, with the exception of of one or two new guys that are coming in, Lars Eller, you know, fill in the blank, um, is essentially the same. This we've got to figure out how to score. If we don't score. We're, if if this team doesn't score, this team will not win, and we'll be we'll be talking about draft picks again in early 
May. Um, I don't want to be there. I know you guys don't want to be there. I know the team doesn't want to be there. So ultimately, you know, who they put with who at this point, preseason doesn't really matter to me. I, I, you know, you know, it's going to be Crosby line one, Gino line two, probably Raquel, um, probably rest on that second line. Um, we don't have Jake for the first, what, three months of the season. Is that, is that what we're talking? Right. I, I think it's only, uh, yeah, I think not. it's like, it's like two weeks or something. I don't think it's too long. It's, it's not super yeah. long now. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so outside we, we, he's, he's gone until November. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the, the point for me is that Sid's got to shoot. He passes. I mean, I know he's, he's a, he's an elite passer, but he's got to shoot more when he shoots, he scores when he passes. Sometimes they score. <laughs> you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the passes work, sometimes they don't. And, and, the, and the, trust me, I am not one who is ever going to criticize Sidney Crosby. Um, the guy knows he is very good at hockey, but at the same time, in my mind, I'm sitting there watching him pass up open shots thinking, dude, shoot the puck. Gino's the same way a lot of times, although he does shoot more than Sid does. Um, and again, when you've got guys like Gensel and Raquel and that on your line with you, um, yeah, you're 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 wanting them to do well and you're wanting them to score, and that's a testament to the kind of person that Sid is. Which, again, that's that's a whole nother conversation. But um, wherever the forward lines land, I I want to see I want to see a, a dedicated effort to put the puck in the net. I also want to see a dedicated effort from uh, the third line and the fourth line to, can I say, kick somebody's butt. Uh, I want to see some grit on this team. Um, and I know Kyle Dubas in his, in his entry interview, he said that as, as much that he's looking to, to add some grit to the team, which I think we need because when guys go after Gino, when guys go after Sid, when guys go after Jake, you got to have someone who's going to come in and say, not today. That's not going to happen. You're not going to put our guys at risk by taking cheap shots on them. I'm, I'm looking, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Rangers. I'm looking at um, Washington. They, they do this all the time. Looking at you, Tom Wilson. We need someone who's going to stand up in Tom Wilson's face and tell him to get the heck out of here. That's, that's what I, bottom line, that's what I think this team ultimately needs eventually. I don't know if we have it yet. Uh, And maybe it's, maybe it's just, maybe it's not just one guy. Maybe it's a team mindset that needs to happen, but that's, that's where I fall. And I'm not even sure I answered the question, but that's just been on my mind a lot lately. So (laughs) No, 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 that was good. And in terms of the grit thing you were talking about, that's something I've thought a lot about recently because more than just grit, even just personality wise, like people that were willing to, I think we talked about it earlier, like bark out instructions and, you know, like yell at refs and stuff. The yes. only guy on last year's team that I saw that was willing to do that uh, is playing for Arizona this season, Jason Zucker. And he's yeah. gone now. 
Uh, yep. Riley Smith seems like a really good guy. He seems very charitable from what I've seen in his time with Vegas and whatnot. Seems like he's going to fit in on the ice pretty well in terms of production in for Zucker. But I don't know if he fills that void of grittiness, personality, whatever the Penguins need. But there's definitely a void that's left now that Zucker's out. I'm interested to see if any of these guys, maybe not even Smith, just any of these additions could help fill that void. Andrew, I think you talked about it. Um, a big thing for me this season is Drew O'Connor and Alex Nylander because mm -hmm. those yeah. are two guys that have shown flashes of being able to provide energy to this team. And they're, yep. they're two of the, I think, the only two guys that are like under 30, uh, other than maybe Jake Gensel, uh, on that forward uh, group. And they seem to have, at least in the AHL level, they've had scoring prowess. They just have not translated it very well yet at the NHL level, but I'm very hopeful that one or both of them this season can provide that, especially one of them is going to have the opportunity to in those games that uh Nylander's out, you know? So I, I really mm -hmm. hope that one of those guys can produce at an elevated level. One thing I'm kind of hopeful for that we've heard rumors of over the past few, uh, I guess month or so ever since the uh, Carlson trade was uh, Thomas Tatar. I think yep. he would be a perfect third line scoring option for them that they do not have right now and this is something i've been talking about for a while and during the back-to-back -back cup runs basically anyone in the top nine forwards you could interchange and the team would still perform well they'd still produce goals they'd still be pretty well de defensively responsible but now as as and it was last it was a problem last season too but even after this summer i don't think dubis has solved this problem there's a solid wall between the second and the third line now where there's you cannot bring Except unless Nylander or, or uh, O'Connor produce at a higher level, there's no one in that bottom six that you can interchange into a top six role if there's injuries that you're confident you can just hit the ground running and the, the, the team won't falter. And that's a big problem for me. And I think Tatar could be a, a possible solution to that. But I think, I think we're probably going to see some in-season moves here. I think that Dubis is going to see this team hit the ice and he's going to realize that only about you know 40 45 minutes of the time the team has any opportunity to score goals because outside of that whenever the bottom six is on the ice it's going to be such an offensive void and i am i don't know about you guys but yeah. i'm very concerned about that because it was a problem last year and it's going to be a problem again this year mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i i do though yeah i'm concerned about that but like you said dubis is willing to do what needs to be done which I am thankful for because Ron Hextall was not that way. Um, he was like, I made this choice and we're going to ride it out, whether it crashes or burns or not. And that yeah. was very frustrating. But I'm, I'm hopeful that even if we start off the season poorly, that that Dubis will, you know, do what needs to be done, which that's the one thing I'm clinging to. But I am, I am optimistic about the season. I, I agree with you though. The, the, the bottom six is a huge question mark to me, but we'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe they know something yeah. we don't and maybe it'll work great. I don't know. Yeah. And as completely pure nostalgia, uh, one guy who's still out there who wants to play is Phil Kessel. And I don't know, you know, bring him in, let him, let him lace him up a couple days, you know, games. And Speaking of nostalgia, I don't know. Speaking of thinking. nostalgia, <laughs> Yaramir Yager. Yeah, right. <laughs> we could sign him to a league minimum contract. He could come play. And then we'd yeah. instantly be the oldest team in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. we, we already, already are. Really we already yeah. are. Yeah. By yeah. a wide margin. Ten years. 
10 years 10 years older than everyone else but yeah yeah but it, but it's interesting like bringing up those like those cup runs you know you mentioned kessel and everything is that like we're seeing now yeah. guys like Haglin and hornquist retire yeah. and mm-hmm. those and those guys were kind of the same age as the stars of this team are now they're just the mm-hmm. depth guys who kind of got run to the ground and now you know their their bodies are catching up to them. I, f- I feel really bad for Haglin. He he's being forced to retire because of his uh, eye injury. That's awful. Yeah. Um. But but like that was the era of Penguins where you could see guys in those third line positions be moved up. Hornquist spent many a time down on the third line. The HBK yep. line was a third line. Yeah. Was one of the most popular yep. lines in Penguins history was a third line. It didn't feature Lemieux, yep. Yager, Crosby, Malkin. It featured guys that were all acquired within like that calendar year which is crazy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but that's definitely something that I, th- I agree i think dubis is going to need to address um a low-key addition was andreas jansen he obviously has mm-hmm. a, a history with him with uh, dubis in toronto uh, he may be a hidden gem of who can score he had some scoring in toronto but in the past few years fell off a little bit i'm kind of hopeful for him but um yeah we'll see obviously there are going to be moves made i think i don't think that this forward group is going to be the forward group that ends the regular season and potentially starts the playoffs. But now quickly, I want to move. I don't want to spend, you know, a ton of time on the penguins. We've already spent over a half hour on them. Um, <laughs> quickly goaltending. This off season was a huge move, a huge movement for goaltending uh, all across the league, but the penguins doubled down on Tristan Jari, signing him to a five-year deal worth l- a little less than five and a half million dollars. And they ship out Casey DeSmith in the Eric Carlson deal. They sign Alex Nedeljkovic to be the backup. I have opinions, but I want to hear you you guys' opinions first. Yeah. Okay. Tristan Jari, (laughs) five-year contract. Mans cannot stay healthy. That was super frustrating to me. And then you get Alex Nedeljkovic as his backup. I followed Detroit last year. Nedeljkovic was in the AHL half the season probably. And – I have no clue what's going on with the goaltending. It was – I I don't know. I just hope Tristan Jari can stay healthy. Like, when he's healthy, he's really good. Like, I mean, he was an all-star twice. So, was it twice? It yeah, was it was twice. twice. Yeah, I thought so. Anyways, <laughs> but I was just – I don't know what's going on. But I love Tristan Jari. <laughs> and, I mean, I love Alex Nadelkovich. He's just not that good. And if Tristan Jari can't stay healthy – I don't really know if he was an upgrade from Casey to Smith. Okay. But Look, so, so let's let's back up just a minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go ba- let's go back up just a minute to what we were saying earlier about Kyle Dubas. We we trust Kyle. Right, Abby? I I mean, yes, I okay. do. I'm just all saying right. I'm super confused right now. That's so all. here's 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 my nagging little thought in the back of my head. We're not done dealing goaltender wise. I don't think we're done because we need a competent backup for Tristan Jari. I I have no problem going with Jari. I have no problem going with Jari. However, there has to be someone that is back there ready to go that if Jari goes down, you're not going, oh, crap, we're done. My question, though, is who? Well, there are I, I no don't know. Goalies on the market anymore. I like, don't know. I don't know. Maybe he pulls best. off a trade. Maybe he pulls off a trade. There's there's a lot of guys on this roster right now who I think could play on other teams. I don't know. 
and, and maybe you find maybe you find some some AHL or who's you know that guy who's going to come up and and just you know be Linus Olmark last year. I don't know. I don't know. But I mm. if if there's one thing that Dubis as a GM has been kind of a head scratcher. It's in goaltending. I mean, why do you sign Matt Murray? You know, he, he just, he hasn't done super well goaltending wise, which is why I hope he leans on other people in the organization who are analyzing these things and, and that he'll listen to them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I but I don't think, I don't think we're done dealing yet uh, as far as goaltending is concerned, and so we'll see what happens. Look, uh, I'm a I'm a Ned supporter. I've always liked him since <laughs> since Carolina, really. And and I think he got a you know kind of the butt end of the the deal in Detroit. The team was not that great, especially on the defensive end. You have uh, you have who's that guy? Mo Sider and no one else. And I think I think I think in a solid defensive team like we were talking about top four, the Penguins have been the best they have been since you know twenty years ago, thirty years ago, I guess since the nineties. But but when Ned was playing on a competent team and he got a fair shake of that was 2020, 2021, He made the all rookie team and put up a nine thirty two and a one ninety. In 23 games, started 15 wins, five losses, three overtime losses, and then he gets to Detroit and puts up a 901 and a 331. Not bad, but not ter- not not great, but not bad either. In 40, 59 games played for the Red Wings, and that Red Wings team sucked. I think I think Ned will be just fine as a backup to Tristan Jari. Now, Tristan Jari is a whole other thing. I was hoping they'd go out and get you know a couple free agent big name goalies. Instead of Jari, I wasn't a fan of the the injuries, but we got what we got, and you know I think Jari Jari can do well. It's it's kind of a confidence booster for him. That Dubas, you know, new guy on the block. A lot of times, new GMs want new players. I want mm-hmm. to choose the guys that Dubas was confident enough in Jari to be like, I'll give you a five year deal. I think it's like five million per right or something like that. It's like five three five, five, five. I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Around there. But that's a huge confidence booster for Jari. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he can be the man. And we got a lot better defensively too. So I, I think goaltending will be okay this year. I think I think it'll be okay. So here that's are my me. thoughts. Um, when we're talking Nadalkovich, I'm I'm very torn, and I'm also not convinced 100% in him as the backup because you saw we saw him at the two extreme ends of the spectrum where in Carolina, they have they play a great defensive system and mm-hmm. you could probably put me in net and I could probably throw up a <laughs> 900 uh, save percentage um, whereas when he, and he succeeded there, he was a quarter finalist uh, we, you know, he mm-hmm. did very well and seemed like the next big thing in net in the league. Mm-hmm. Then they dealt him to, to Detroit and he went yeah. to the very opposite end of the spectrum where they have Mo Sider and a bunch of 30-year-olds who are getting paid $2 yep. million more than they should be. Oli uh, Mata, baby. O- I was going to say Oli Mata, Ben Sherratt, <laughs> uh, Justin Hall. Is, 
it, it's so gross. Sad. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the most depressing yeah. thing ever. Like it's unbelievable. So I like I don't think we've had a good read on him on like what kind of goalie he is. Is he the Car- the Carolina that- goalie, or is he mm-hmm. Detroit? He's somewhere in the middle. He's not as good as he was in Carolina, and he's not as bad as he was in Detroit. So I'm interested to see if he can can actually be a reliable backup. The problem is he's backing up a guy whose ability isn't the question. It's his availability. And we saw that last year. We saw that uh, in the year before in the playoffs and leading up to it. He has. I think he's played single-digit playoff games in his Penguins career, Tristan Jari. And I think he was 2-6. and And yeah. even this even this past season, we didn't play playoff games, but the games he needed to win, which down the stretch were all of them, and he needed to play as if they were playoff games, he crapped the bed. The Chicago game. Yeah. I mean, he only actually allowed three goals, but it could not have happened at a worse time. It was 10 minutes left in the third. He let, uh, uh, what was it, the enforcer uh, Robinson get a goal and then a fantasy you. Mm-hmm. And it ended that. the season within like 30 seconds. So I don't think he has the clutch gene at all, which it takes goalies some time to get that. Uh, we, we all look back at Fleury's career with revisionist history, but he had a lot of tumultuous times with the Penguins in the early 2010s. Um, and the whole injury problem was also an issue for Fleury. And they needed to get a reliable backup in those early 2010s who ended up playing a lot of playoff time and Thomas Vokun. And, and, and that's a guy who had starter experience. You look at what they got now instead, like as the backup, Nadelkovich, like Abby mentioned, he was with Grand Rapids last year for a good chunk of the season. Yeah. Is that the guy who do you, who you want to play game one of the playoffs if Jari's down? Personally, no. You know, just I don't like a guy who played in the AHL last season being uh, the top guy. We already saw that with Louis Domingue. So uh, I don't like yeah. watching reruns personally. So, <laughs> but we, uh, not, but, not those, but we also saw that like with Matt Murray too. And, 20 was at the when we won the fourth cup like it could be a matt murray situation or it could be you know louis domingue it's a it's a coin flip really but yeah and and i i liked the depth whenever they had jari de smith nadelkovich and then they have help they signed helberg too who was going to be like the ahl uh, goaltender i was fine when they had like four deep and nadelkovich was the third guy but now nadelkovich is the the second guy DeSmith had issues throughout his career. Um, even last season, he was very inconsistent. But overall, with the sample size he had to play, I think he did a lot better than what people expected. Uh, but now that it's Nadelkovich in the number two spot, um, not as confident. Uh, definitely, definitely not as confident. And, um, you know, yeah. that's all I have to say about that. Um, valid, valid. Any, any, anything else you guys want to talk about? I, I was just going to go over last pr- like ending predictions like okay. point wise, playoff wise, do you guys do you guys think this is a playoff team? Last year they were one point shy. Uh, I, think, I think I think I... they are. Oh, Can't sorry, I forget. You're good. You're good. Okay, You're good. I think they are. I think, I think, we got better. Honestly, we can't get much worse. I think our bottom six looks a bit better. Uh, oh yes, we can. <laughs> Not with Crosby and Malkin. No, and no, Latang but, but I'm saying, but, I mean, okay, so Crosby and Malkin both go down with injuries. We're worse. True. So don't don't True. say it can't get worse because okay. it can. Okay. We, I think I think we'll be better. I think the biggest head scratcher, like we talked about already, is goaltending and the bottom six. But I think the bottom six looks really good, in my opinion. I think, I think, I think this is a playoff team. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I think 
not to yeah we have we'll we'll do our regular season out preseason predictions guaranteed to go wrong here next episode so yeah they're they're playing team for sure (laughs) i think pittsburgh will squeeze into the playoffs i think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of pence fans think I think Carlson will make a difference, not a huge difference, though, not like that big of a difference, because the like what Jim was saying earlier, if if our top six doesn't do what we know that they're capable of as far as scoring, that bottom six is not going to be able to carry at all. And so if the top six doesn't pull their crap together and start scoring goals, then no, we're not going to make the playoffs. And I think that's going to be probably the the season for us it's going to be we're going to have a few great games where everyone's scoring and then they're going to go through a slump like last year like because our stars are old and they're going to go through slumps and road trips are going to be harder and all of those things and so I think we're going to barely make the playoffs I think we will but I don't I don't know I think we'll we'll be we'll either be a wild card or like third in the metro i want to disagree respectfully with you abigail i think that i think the team is going to be much better i think uh i think as the year goes on what we're going to what we're going to see that happen is similar to what happened last year but the difference isn't going to be on the ice it's going to be kyle dubas because he's going to see what needs to be done and he's going to make the necessary changes. Um, He's not beholden really to anyone on that team. Um, If, if Jeff Carter doesn't pull his crap together, he might deal him away. Good luck Um, finding someone who wants Jeff Carter. Well, that's true. That's true. But what I'm saying is, Dubis isn't going to be afraid to to pull the trigger on a on a deal if that needs to happen. Um, what happened at the trade deadline this last year is, to me, probably maybe not the biggest reason, but at least the second biggest reason why we didn't make the playoffs. That was just an atrocious lack of foresight and effort in my opinion and again i don't i don't know what kind of i wasn't in the rooms with with the you know uh hextall and and uh burke but it just seemed it just seemed a total shambles and i don't think we're going to see that happen uh, under dubis's watch he's put some people around him that i think are going to help make you know his his eyes and his decision making better and I think ultimately this team will make the playoffs. I think they they I think they'll contend for for the Metro um, with with Carolina and and New York. I, I really do. Wow. I, I think that I think it'll be a very tight race. It'll be fun to watch. Um, and I don't think we're going to be crapping our pants like we were this last year, um, just praying that they beat teams that they ought to beat um, to get into the stinking playoffs i mean that that was just re- anyway i'm not i'm not gonna live in the past <laughs> the biggest that was the biggest meme of this year like everyone's like oh 
they just couldn't beat Chicago. And so the Florida Panthers made it to the Stanley Cup final. Whatever. Yeah, anyway. yeah, but that domino maybe, effect maybe is Pittsburgh so real. Want, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe Pittsburgh didn't want Chicago to get Bedard, so they were trying to, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why. Well, they, did they were the playing same thing chess. With Columbus. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want Columbus or Chicago to get Bedard. If we just won one of those two games, we're in. And we didn't win right. either yeah. of them. So, it's brutal. Yeah, so – 91 points was what was what we ended with last year. 92 would have got us into the playoffs. Uh, they ended yeah. 17th in goals for with the changes that were made. I, I can't see that getting worse personally. Um, Zucker obviously was had like really good scoring touch last season. Mm-hmm. So I think Smith has a lot to you know catch up on that. Goals against. 18th last season we just got done talking about i i'm very confident in this defensive group obviously that that number six spot still kind of up in the air but i think they've improved on that end that's going to be better power play was 14th last year if you have a a top unit of four future hall of famers it's going to be better than 14th so i i like i'm very confident there and penalty kill it was 16th last year Say what you want about the bottom six. Like I said, I'm still not confident they're going to be able to score much, but I think the guys that were brought in are perfect for that situation. Yes. Uh, yes. Nola being like yes. one of the best ones among them. Matt Nieto has time there. Lars Eller. Uh, Lars Eller. I, I tr- the bottom six last year was just a bunch of guys who needed the f- were bodies. Essentially, they were just bodies. Mm-hmm. Yep. This year, they may not be offensively producing, but at least they can do that. So I'm confident yeah. the penalty kill is going to improve there. So if you improve the big four categories, you're a playoff team. Personally, mm-hmm. I see them as maybe fighting for the third spot, but I think realistically they're going to be a wild card team just because I have a lot of faith in that Carolina team and the New Jersey team. I think that they're a tier yeah. above what the mm-hmm. current roster is for the Penguins. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm so open to being proven wrong and i'm open to change if there's changes to that bottom six that can make them more offensively dangerous then maybe you put them up a tier but right now that's where i see them i think they're going to contend with a lot of those atlantic teams that are up and coming that are going to fight for wild card spots like buffalo and ottawa um but it was this it was the summer of dubas but it's going to be the season of jari all of that is contingent on what he can do if he can stay healthy and if he can go back to being a two-time all-star so Agreed. Those, yeah. That's my final words on the Penguins. I, I, I we've already spent an hour. Uh, I don't want to take up any yeah. more of your time talking about Penguins. Let's get to the stuff. Yes, let's. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this uh, collaborative episode of Pens and Stuff yeah. and the Pens Cast. It was great talking with you guys, going over the season preview for the Penguins. We're all, we're all looking forward to the season. Thank you so much for being on here with me and inviting me on. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time, Jim, Abby, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hope we can do this again soon. Awesome. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's there amazing. will be plenty of collaboration going forward. It's exciting to have new voices on podcasts all the time. You know, like it gets boring just having the same because <laughs> the past few episodes have been Eric Carlson. You know, Dubis is awesome. Hextall sucked. It's It's been pretty much, you know, that rigmarole. Yeah, so it's nice to have new voices for sure. Thanks for, for sure. doing yeah. this with us. But, yeah, the feeling's the same. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, of course.